Hello and welcome to season four of the Making It in Asheville podcast. Before we dive in, here's a quick soundbite from this episode's guest, Nick Dodson. From there, it's it spread purely word of mouth. Everyone who has gotten involved has has been blown away by, I guess, the the honesty of what we're doing. They really because the, the the concept comes off as I was describing this to you earlier as like Motown, you know, which was notoriously predatory, where mm. you, they could come in, you record, you create, and you, the company owns what you create. Um, but with everyone I've worked with, they've been pretty stoked on that aspect. The only thing they're not too stoked about is probably dealing with me on a regular basis. Be <laughs> in my mania, so. <laughs> Uh, but besides that, the, what, what I've built, it's like the, you know, the company is its own thing now. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's set aside. It, it was my spirit. It was my baby. And now it's, it's moved on to, um, it's means too much to too, too many different people for me to even have like more of a, too much of a personal aspect in it anymore, which yeah. is cool. It's really cool to see something like that kind of take off and, and mold people. Welcome to Making It in Nashville Season 4. Oh my gosh, cannot believe it. Uh, this is a podcast where you get to hear the stories behind some of your favorite artists, entrepreneurs, businesses here in town. Each episode, we interview a different local Ashevillian. We work to uncover how they're making it in Nashville, what they're making it in Nashville, and we try to uncover actionable insights that you can then apply to your life and your work after each conversation. And we are your hosts. That was Sarah. I am Tony. We are a husband and wife team that moved to Asheville in May of 2019. Since then, we've set out to answer a single question. And that question was, how does one make it in Asheville? We moved to Asheville with no real plan other than we were going to try real hard and uh, ask entrepreneurs and other makers who we identify as making it in Asheville how and what they were doing to make it. And so uh, we decided to record those conversations. Podcast was born, and that was almost one year ago as of this recording. We're getting real close to the one-year mark. Um, This episode is a really exciting episode. It is with Nick Dodson. You heard a quick soundbite from the intro intro. Um, And before we get into the episode, we want to make a really special, really big announcement yeah so we have been one of our goals this season was to find a podcast sponsor because most of the work that we do here is um voluntary (laughs) we're not paid to do this and so we wanted to find a sponsor that could provide as much value to our listeners as possible someone that was local and just be a really good fit so we're really really excited that we have a sponsor this season tony tell us a little bit more about the sponsor. Perfect. This season sponsor, uh, lead sponsor, head sponsor is no longer making it in Nashville. It is range. Making it creative. Oh yeah. Making it creative. <laughs> it is range urgent care. And it is a, I think a perfect fit for this podcast, uh, for a lot of reasons. One, uh, range urgent care. If you're not familiar, is an Asheville based urgent care, uh, clinic of sorts. The thing is, it flips the entire urgent care kind of model on its head. Um, So when I would think urgent care, I would think DMV. 
this urgent care is more REI. So uh, energetically very different vibe-wise than any urgent care uh, you might have have experience with. Um, and then the other thing that I love about the model is that it is 100% transparent in pricing. So either every single visit costs you $149, uh, or you can subscribe to pay a monthly fee and get four visits a year and end up spending way less money um, than anything. And the cool thing is that you either don't need healthcare, you can pay out of pocket, or if you have a high premium healthcare plan, like like we do, um, you can choose to go to range urgent care and know exactly what you're getting into when you walk in the door. Yeah, I think this is really important for self-employed folks here in Asheville or small businesses here in Asheville who maybe don't have, um, you know, a company healthcare system or are paying a lot out of pocket for, you know, again, high premium, uh, not great deductibles. Um, So this is a great option to know exactly what you're getting into and to know that you can be taken care of by some really, really great medical folks that work at Range Urgent Care, um, some of the things that they offer, so services, they offer physicals, they offer x-rays, other special treatments, um, things like IVs, and even virtual visits. So mm. if you're not feeling well and you just want to check in with a doctor, you can also do that too. Which uh, might be recommended at a time like now. Yes. We, we One of our past podcast guests, right before we sat down and talked with her, had just finished a Range Urgent Care virtual visit. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. So at the time this recording, this uh, you know the coronavirus pandemic is in effect right now. Um, so if you are a little bit you know worried about your health, this is a great time to consider that. It, um, you know if you if you're feeling sick, try them out. We definitely recommend it. And last but not least, the other cool things that they're a husband and wife team, yes. and again they're here in Asheville, so it's fantastic to be able to know that you can support a local business. And we're really excited about it because as a husband and wife team, we want to support that kind of work. We're all in. And so uh, future, I'd say advertisement spots are going to be a little different than that, which felt very like straight down the middle. Uh, hopefully they will be all uh, either funny or interesting, remarkable in some way outside of just how cool uh, range is as a business. Uh, what we will say is that we're working on coming up with some really interesting packages or special offers or some sort of uh, bonus for our podcast audience, which is you, listener. Um, and so if you are interested in knowing what that is, I would ask that you visit makingitinashville.com forward slash range. Uh, or if you are going to visit range between now and when you look at that page, just tell them we sent you. Yeah. Cool. We'd appreciate it. Hey, Sarah, that was our first ad. All right. Cool. All right. Well, uh, hopefully that was fun for you and you learned about a new cool business in town. There's a lot more to tell. Uh, We will tell some other interesting facts on the backside of this episode. Now, let's get into a quick pre kind of amble, I guess, preamble about (laughs) this week's episode and this week's guest, who is uh, Nick Dotson. So Nick uh, moved to Asheville about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was actually in April of last year. We uh, we met at Waterbird on a like coffee date to learn more about each other. Nick's been to our Make Monday Maker mixers, and I mean, when you I don't know how to describe it. If you're watching on YouTube, you will you will see Nick. He's got this like really awesome energy in person when he, when he goes out when he's wearing his out clothes. He's got like this. Um, I call it uh, Brad Pitt in Fight Club, like really cool glasses and shades, and he wears floral a lot. And Nick is running and building a business called Broken Helm, 
which is a media production company that touches a lot of media, I'd say verticals. Yeah, um, things like podcast, um, band, like uh, music, uh, music exactly, um, painting even, a t-shirt creation. And the cool thing about it is that all of this is done by former addicts. Or, or those struggling or, with yeah. addiction in some yep. way. So Nick himself, um, you know, is an addict. He struggles with this. And he wanted to find a way to help artists uh, to break into some sort of media production. So if they wanted to have their own podcast, he's got all the gear and the equipment to help them do that. And he can help them edit it. And it, the same goes for all the other verticals that we talked about, like music, painting, etc. And so he really wants to just break down those barriers and say, hey, you know what? You want to create something, but your biggest struggle is you don't have the resources to do it, the money to do it. Let me help you. Yeah. Um, and so it's a really, really cool model. And, and you know, as uh, someone who has, you know, addiction in uh, in my family, I really, really felt drawn to support this. I absolutely love it. He he says at one point that um, when what what he wanted to do was allow there to be effectively no friction to be someone who supports the idea and the execution of whatever the vision is, um, and they're doing an incredible job over at Broken Helm. And so um, this episode is uh, there's a lot of media conversation and and gear and tech and production, but it also dives into uh, concepts like meditation and goal setting, um, and and we love it. And so if there is a single thing that we'll say before we dive in is that we support. Broken Helm. Uh, we love the idea of um, the business and the execution so far. And so uh, without further ado, let's dive into episode 50, 50 <laughs> of the Making It in Asheville podcast with the captain, El Capitan of Broken Helm, Nick Dotson. Enjoy. Cool. So, um, Nick, thank yes. you for joining us on the Making It in Nashville podcast. This is uh, not necessarily our first remote, but this is our first proper interview remote uh, Making It in Nashville podcast. And we'd love to hear a little bit about you and where you are right now, because uh, that room is a very cool room. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I thought you had done one or two of these. This is the so, first. So yeah, we we had um, we had a week of live uh, interviews that we did all last week with a very specific like COVID nineteen focus, and then um, we before that did a kind of special but very thematic episode on transitioning marketing strategies for like a digital world. But this is our first, uh, you know, proper making it in Asheville. Let's interview a person, hear about the business. Uh, that's going to be a, just a podcast kind of in the YouTube, but also uh, this is the first of that. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited. It's good to have you. That means the bar isn't the, well, I'm, I'm setting the bar. So <laughs> you're setting the bar. <laughs> you, you are, you are uh, setting the bar. So for anyone in the future, you're welcome. <laughs> 
but so Nick, we are excited for this episode. We've sat down with you in that room and recorded a podcast for one of your programs. And we'd love you to just introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Nick Dotson. I am the, I guess my title is owner of Broken Helm LLC. It is a media conglomerate dude i don't know what to call it <laughs> basically conglomerate. yeah you're a media you're a media company you're a production company yeah you're, production you company, yeah, yeah uh we we take ideas from people who are in recovery or not basically anyone in the attic community and help uh make those ideas come to be more than ideas to come to life and uh we deal with Music production, video, podcast, audio, uh, painting, uh, down the line, like legit video production, like skits, uh, streaming is about to be a big thing Mm -hmm. for us, which was the original idea. And I think that's it. I don't know. I feel like there's something new every week. And then then my wife is like, please, God, stop. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So we, um, we are so thankful that you reached out to us. We, uh, yeah, I, I think it's 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 an assumption, but I, I'll I'll venture to say that most everyone is somehow or another uh, connected to uh, people in recovery or addicts in in some way, and so uh, that yeah. certainly struck a chord for us as part of your story. Um, would love to take just a moment or so and 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 spend more time there because that's a huge part of what's happening at broken home yeah um so i mean i i don't know what your experience is with it i mean i it's it's one of those things where i i I think anybody can talk about it it's like cancer every Mm -hmm. everyone is not everyone has it but like everyone has had some type of run-in with it to some degree mine my issue stretched for still is stretching i mean it's it's i have to deal with it every day but uh started when I was young and it's been going on for 15 years and everyone here who, I mean, my wife and my kids are the only ones who are safe as of right now, uh, that don't, don't have it. Um, but everyone else in the company or associate with the company is, is pretty, is an addict. I, mm-hmm. I don't think we have anyone that's just, I thought we did have somebody who was just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. They're right. They're not too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I know. I mean, we, I think the, this idea is so interesting and I, I want to know, like, how did you know that that was something you wanted to do to start a production company created by addicts for addicts or whatever it is? Um, yeah. Uh, how, like, how did that come about? Where did you get the idea? The tagline right now is uh, created by us for the benefit of all mankind. Mm. Um, that came about in uh, a sober home. I I was obsessed with Rooster Teeth, which is a production company that the guys who did Red versus Blue, um, they do Machinima, which is ba- well, they originally started with Machinima, which is basically making TV shows inside of a video game. Wow. Uh, and I wanted a streaming channel like theirs but specifically just for people in recovery because it seemed like there's every flavor out there uh, i mean furries and like 
uh, sports. Like there was a bunch of there's like specific drinking ones. Frats had one. Sororities had one. Uh, I mean every. I mean I don't know every variation. There's people who cooked and played video games, or people who just cooked. Yeah. And I wanted one that was specific to people who were in recovery and or um, in uh, felons. And in the process of building that studio, I figured out I was basically two steps away from music, you know, and I grew up recording with my friends, being around that community and was pretty familiar with most of the equipment and got, have a, basic understanding and then from there video productions only two steps away from there uh why leave the people who paint out type of thing you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and from if from there it's it's just kind of like snowballed into into this uh what i have now and the original idea was basically from rehab i was with a lot of people with people who would say hey i want to i want to do this but i don't have this like equipment or a place to do it or somebody who believes in them. And so basically I'm saying, okay, here it is now either do it or, or, or shut up. Yeah. And, it, it seems so. I, I wasn't sure what to expect when we were um, headed to your studio to record on the podcast. Cause like you're, you're based on the background in this shot. If you're listening to the podcast, there's, it's like spray paint and like bunch of colors. I thought you had found like a, uh, some sort of like a warehouse that you just designed <laughs> a studio in. And so I'm like, okay, like it's going to be, this is going to be cool. It's going to be like a little bit like grungy. And it like, it turns out it's this, it's a room in your basement, but it's like the most kitted out gear that like you, it seems I'm confident that you could produce, record, uh, direct, damn near anything from your studio. And so you have effectively taken all of the tech and how to out of the equation. Is that fair to say? Yes. That's, I want to, my idea was all of the headachey stuff, the in-between things that give a lot of people anxiety. Like I have this, I want to put this on the screen, but all, all the, how do I do that? Where do I go? What equipment do I use? How do I get that sound? How do I get that look? Lighting, but the stuff that a lot of people appreciate. I grew up watching movies obsessed with that stuff. And so it's, it's more of a, it's like a mutual benefit, whatever that sciencey smart relationship name is called. I can't remember. Symbi- symbiotic relationship yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and so I, I'm pretty stoked on being able to do that and, and help people like move along. And it's funny cause I get really excited about really mundane things and they're like, so when do we get to the part where I get to, to make stuff cool? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's what we're doing now. They're like, wow, it's really boring. Yeah. Like, Just give me a second. When we were over your space, I think we geeked out on something cool, like uh, how the microphone is wired and, oh, so you use this camera and this lens. And uh, and I could, I mean, half the room that day just was completely zoned out and I was geeking yeah. out on the equipment. I'm, I'm a huge, <laughs> I'm a huge gearhead. That doesn't mean that everyone else is. Nope. But, um, but there's something to be said. And one of the things that we always try and communicate with like clients of ours, friends of ours who have like questions or like, how do I start? My answer is always with whatever is the easiest thing that you could actually do right now. 
And if it just so happens to have high production value, which everything that you're touching seems to have, uh, that's even better. That's just a win. That's a benefit. Uh, I, yeah, that absolutely. I, I mean, I learned how to do what I'm doing right now with like really basic stuff, you know, from, I mean, I learned on pretty much a phone webcam, uh, a Nikon that was mainly it was the Nikons. The, the, rich, the original stuff was on Nikons that were specifically for photography. And I was like, so can I use these for videography? And the guys at the, at the photography shop were like, please don't because this is what they're meant for. I'm like, that wasn't my question. <laughs> and so these, I mean, these cameras were recorded for like seven minutes at a time. I would have to reset the timer. Uh, the autofocus was, was, I had to put everything in manual, which forced me to learn a camera from the ground up. Mm. And uh, so now I'm able to see, like I can, I appreciate like the nicer stuff that I have now, like why, or I don't know why it is just technically nicer besides the price tag, you know, because before I would have been like, yeah, let's get a million. Let's I want to get an Ari, you know, it's like, which is basically the price of a car, (laughs) (laughs) but I see no point in having one for, you know, unless I'm shooting the next Tarantino film. And I think a lot of people get lost in that where the, what they, the equipment that they have doesn't necessarily equate to the same value. Like you can get a lot out of seriously a, a webcam on a computer yeah. and, and in the microphone in a computer, if you're savvy enough, or I mean, if you're able to rig it up enough, mm-hmm. uh, the stuff right now that I have is more is either one out of convenience or some mainly is actually lighting is I can shoot in super low light in crappy situations and not have to worry about it. It's, it's, it's convenient. I don't have to rig up a bunch of lighting. That's it. You know, it's, uh, but yeah, it is pretty cool to have sometimes. So what are some of the shows or the, um, I guess media that you are helping to produce right now? Like give us a little bit of a sense or an audience, a little bit of a sense of what's going on. So we got, we were in the middle of about five different projects right before Corona hit hit pretty hard and four of them got put on hold indefinitely which is by the definition of what that meaning is is not usually that means gone and when people hear that but it literally is just paused but for right now we have um a podcast slash show that is going to be out going uh on location um from a addict's perspective, talking to other businesses that are oriented with um, recovery and they have like an individual take on that, that I can't really talk about. It's a creative thing. Uh, Not getting into your territory. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) You're welcome to. We have, uh, I mean, honestly, my, uh, my buddy right now who's producing a decent amount of music, and artwork um we're going to be pushing that out uh from from the site pretty soon uh don't know exactly how i'm going to what format or how i'm going to promote that but um that'll be like our full first full scale music project we have another music project with uh potentially our good friend judah and we have the no clue show which is still running full full fledged which you guys came on 
and is going to be coming out with this. And after that comes out, we are full steam ahead. And that was the whole thing was, is once that first episode comes out, I told the boys we're on a schedule then. Mm-hmm. And as you know, once the season starts and our season is going to start in the middle of, of this. So hopefully, yeah. yeah, we're otherwise we might be doing this. Uh, um, but we have five episodes in the bank. So cool. potentially a month and a half, two months of content. Yeah. And, and, then, and then there's always an opportunity to transition to uh, remote versions yeah. of, of the show. I mean, I think your segments uh, would lend themselves to <laughs> using your, uh, your ver- like a, a, a live kind of production, yeah. throw stuff on the screen, have some sort of crazy overlay. Uh, I, I could see you getting really kind of fancy in a, in a produced yeah. remote show. When we start to, when I start to, to get some, I've been um, on Broken Helms Facebook, I've been testing out some camera stuff by streaming mm-hmm. and we are going to down the line, hopefully in the next week have some semblance of like a online uh, interactive community. I'm thinking either Jackbox or um, probably just Jackbox right now with Zoom amongst the uh if you're familiar with jackbox jackbox is yeah a, we is played it the, the first but, but, it, it's yeah. the it's like a yeah we played it last week yeah how, how yeah. are you gonna use jackbox on facebook i'd love to know uh i'm gonna it's that's why i've been testing a bunch of stuff i'm going <laughs> yeah. to be using jackbox with zoom with ah. a sync delay uh in obs to stream onto Facebook, but to participate in through Zoom, not through Facebook. Got but it. you'll see it on Facebook. You can comment on Facebook. We'll see your comments, but there'll be like, you know, Facebook delay yeah. time, which is sometimes it's 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, wow. But with Zoom, so Zoom cool. is pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and so we'll be able to do that and then film the whole thing, have scenes set up so you can, if the person who's answering or someone's making a funny face, I'll have either me or somebody else changing the shots and so hopefully it'd be kind of cool oh dang i'm so into yeah we try to rig up a, a kind of janky play uh jackbox with some friends during dinner the other uh maybe last week and i'd be very interested in seeing what like a larger scale community watch a game could there, look like there is a um twitch does have some integrated aspects into it but it's kind of they started and, and stopped like a bunch of different times. And so we're, we're curious to see if that works out or if I just have to build it from the ground up on my, on my own, which probably is going to happen. Which <laughs> <laughs> is fine. That's cool. great. Yeah. So backing up just a little bit, cause I want to go back to uh, Roken Helm, which is, you know, you got this idea for this project and this business and then wh- what did you do to start to take you know to form an llc and to start a website like what were the first steps that you took and also give us a timestamp. like when was this happening that you started the company uh i mean it depends what depends on what your definition of starting was i, I mean <laughs> technically i st- the idea in the name and what it was going to be spiritually which it still is started about three years ago mm-hmm. um i've been saving and funding since then i mm-hmm. i I trade. I, yeah, I didn't just. I don't want this to seem like fantasy world. I had something else provide for this, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I've for about three years I've been 
kind of more conceptualizing it. And then the last, I would say, James, this, this summer, so about a year is when I've, it really actually started to take like a tangible form where this room went from my computer that I played Borderlands on every once in a while, it turned into, okay, this is, this is where a, a company is, is being built. And um, that was about a year ago. It's amazing. Uh, yes. Would love to know as a concept, like if someone's interested in, we'll do how to connect with you as like a follow on Instagram thing. But like yeah. if someone's interested in this project, like what, it, what, how have people found out about you? How has it grown? And I know that we're in a weird place now with coronavirus and projects on hold, but like yeah. how have people heard about this and signed air quotes signed up to participate or create? Uh, I started out just word of mouth. Uh, yeah, purely word of mouth. Uh, people, uh, I, I went to, a place where people who have my affliction meet. I'm not supposed to say what it is. Mm -hmm. I, it's a silly rule, but it's a rule. And somebody told somebody else who told somebody else. And I got connected with a couple of really awesome people. I got connected with some people who thought this is what they wanted to do. It was not. And um, from there, it's it spread purely word of mouth. Um, it's been people who, uh, I guess, are everyone who has gotten involved has has been blown away by, I guess, the the honesty of what we're doing. They really because the 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 concept comes off as I was describing this to you earlier as like Motown, you know, which was notoriously predatory, where mm. you, they they come in, you record, you create, and you, the company owns what you create, um, but with everyone I've worked with, they've been pretty stoked on that aspect. The only thing they're not too stoked about is probably dealing with me on a regular basis. <laughs> in my mania. So, uh, but besides that, the, what, what I've built, it's like, you know, the company's its own thing now. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's set aside. It, it was my spirit. It was my baby. And now it's, it's moved on to, um, it means too much to too, too many different people for me to even have like more of a too much of a personal aspect in anymore, which yeah. is cool. It's really cool to see something like that kind of take off and, and mold people. That's, that's amazing. And to attempt to just uh, be even more explicit, what I, what I heard was that your business is helping people build their own products or uh, art, let's say whatever version of it as it is and not, taking massive stakes in ownership in those projects yeah. no so i mean well this is where this is where wording gets kind of funny so yeah. i own everything but what happens is, is we sign a contract that um that uh, breaks down the residuals or the earnings of whatever they're creating and it and it comes out to be the same contract anyone would sign for a record deal actually a very good contract they would sign for a record deal or video or if they were to get onto like a, I don't know, not a talent agency, but like, you mm -hmm. know, a production uh, company where they were, they were set talent. Um, the, the numbers are more industry standard plus a little bit more. And then we also donate as well. Amazing. Um, that's required in all contracts that at least 5% uh, 
um, well, at least 1% upwards to 5% of every contract that is signed has uh, something gets donated. As of right now, it's all Amy Winehouse, uh, her foundation. And, but it's, if somebody else has something different, um, they can say what it is. I just like Amy Winehouse because uh, they have a really good rating as when it comes to um, percentage of money that is given to them goes towards the cause. Um, good to know. Other, some um, companies don't, is not yeah, great. Have, yeah. have higher operating costs or uh, higher salaries. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to get political, but yeah. You know, I, yeah. Um, and so it, just to, I guess, step even further back, right? So you mentioned uh, you have, uh, I guess, a past that has funded this in some way. I'd love to hear you talked about being a chef or working in restaurants for a while. Love to hear like what was going on before you created Broken Helm. I was a dishwasher cook chef uh, for, that was what my career looked like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was the timeline right there uh for 15 years yeah from basically 14 and something uh so like 15 until i was 30 years old pretty much mm-hmm. and that's all i knew uh, my family uh taught me stocks early on and uh i said so something that was i always just was in the back of my mind i never thought it would be something i would fully focus on and ended up falling back onto that I um, down the line, and that's what was able to birth this. But no, I was a, a cook for basically 15 years in and out of restaurants, doing restaurant stuff, yeah. restaurant things. <laughs> as those the my two sorted pasts in the kitchen and as an addict are are, are directly related. <laughs> Yeah, there's a seemingly incredibly high correlation between those two, if not causation. Um, We were just at a air event, Asheville Independent Restaurants, that uh, a large part of the focus was on uh, like wellness in the kitchen and creating a sustainable community. Um, So that's that that's hard, and that makes sense. That's yeah. It's I mean, it's I I grew up my I remember. Uh, my mentor still huge that uh, I mean he's done his own thing but uh still, still to this day makes a huge impact in my life on how I approach stuff uh, sometimes Mark Taylor he gave me uh Kitchen Confidential and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas mm, when dang. I was like when I was 15 and so impressionable yeah ruined my life <laughs> uh, Kitchen but, Confidential yeah yeah and uh, if that, I mean, for people who don't aren't familiar, it's basically uh, drugs and cooking, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it romanticizes it. And it and it's a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing for a little bit, I guess, kind of. It was actually pretty bad, pretty fast. But um, uh, that's pretty common. Uh, I don't I don't know about causation, but I I know that I've it's very rare to to find a kitchen that is that is not like that. Um, has nothing to do with fine dining or lower end. Actually, fine. If I guess the biggest misconception would be like fine dining would be better. Uh, fine dining is way worse, like yeah. a million times worse. The, the stress uh, is that much higher. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's that much higher, but it's just uh, you know, in when I say lower end, I'm talking about a category, not a um, a description of the cooking. So, like, if you have like fast food, um, you're doing the same thing you're doing in fine dining. You're someone's giving you a set of directions and you're 
doing it. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, but in a lot of times in fast food, these guys are so busy and work so hard to the bone. They don't have time to, to go nuts and fine dining. We're still working really hard, but I, I think we have a little bit more time to do things we're not supposed to or things. No, it's said we're not supposed to, but do things that make our job sometimes more difficult in the long run. Mm. Yeah. And were you working as a chef here in Asheville or no. did you live somewhere else before? I, um, the last time I was a chef was in Bend, Oregon, and I was working at a retirement home. I had given up fine dining. I thought that's what would have helped me out. Uh, and turns out it didn't. Uh, I had built too much of, uh, I guess, like what was called euphoric, euphoric recall in the industry. And uh, I had to go back to uh, summer camp, also known as rehab. And learned there that cooking was, was something that I could not do anymore. Um, I could do it at home and, but in the industry I, at that time and still now, um, it's not something I can do anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I'm, my, my sister is a struggling addict or former addict or however you want to say it. But um, one of the things that, you know, always, she always says is like, there are certain places and certain um, atmospheres that are, really triggering for her and so it's not necessarily the cooking for example that is the thing it's like being in that atmosphere that yep. can be the thing the the that it was that's it was not me cooking i love cooking i can do cooking and i can separate yeah. myself um i'm not making a roux and thinking about doing blow it's uh somebody you know yelling down the line hey i need this this and that and then walking into the walk-in to to feel that breath of cool air and then what I would usually do after that, you yeah. know, that builds yeah. up over time. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I get that. Um, my place would be, if I had a place, it'd probably be the Tenderloin in San Francisco. Um, yeah, I do. I know I could not safely navigate that place at this time someday, but as yeah. of right now, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, you are, uh, I'm sure not alone in the feeling of, uh, the Tenderloin being, being triggering that's my that's my gut having spent a very little amount of time in san francisco but um thank you for sharing that i think uh yeah we don't we don't know who we're touching in the audience but i think that your vulnerability is um has always been at least to us and or like coffee meetings and spending time with you has been uh i i think i don't know ad, ad, admirable like but I, I i love that about you how um how raw and honest you've been from the very moment that we met in email in person here now. <laughs> um, and like, that's, that's compelling to me. Like I, we're on, we're on team broken helm and we want to uh, support and we'll continue to support how, however we can. Beautiful. Um, I'm wondering if we, if we could like to think about 2020 for broken helm for your business, knowing that we're clearly in a, in a weird place right now, like what are some of your, you know, big goals operationally or um, targets that you might have? Um, uh, so what we were working on uh, right before this hit was basically a established element in every category. Um, and what I mean by that was a podcast that had at least 10 episodes and had some, some projection of longevity um, a musician, well, we wanted multiple musicians um, uh, that had um, been in the studio, out of the studio. Um, there was another part of the, mu- the music was um, doing live sessions. 
where basically bands would come in and broadcast live, use the, the nice video equipment and do like live music videos type of mm-hmm. thing. Um, it was, it was a suggestion actually from a guy who I met outside of a Whole Foods who was playing music. It turns out he was an addict, which it was really funny. I, I put myself in these situations where I go, Hey, did, did you used to do drugs? Yeah. Did you have a problem? Yeah. I'm not great at this stuff. I have all the, my other guys. It's like JP is fantastic at this. Um, I'm not, I come off as a predator, but um, <laughs> oh, no. uh, he was like, yeah, I, I do. And I have all this uh, studio experience and I wanted, that was, that's his project. It still is. Um, and I wanted that going and uh, an, at least two or three, uh, one studio artist here and two or three. And I have, I actually already have the artist stuff of, prints and t-shirts to come out Mm. and um established stream schedule um on the broken helm twitch channel um that was at least occupying 12 hours of every day and once we had reached that point uh to to roll out a full uh facebook local gorilla ad campaign so when people came the site was populated the Instagrams were populated, the Facebook was populated, Twitch was, you you know, vice versa Mm -hmm. or or not vice versa, but et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we were in the middle of building that we had just started to establish with no clue. We were halfway there with no clue. Um, Sessions was about to come out. Um, Music is about to come out. Art was about to come out and it was just, and now we're just kind of waiting and it's nothing I can do at this point. I have to, it's, I was talking to you about this yesterday is, the stuff, the work that I have to do right now really is dependent on humor, human interaction and physical, like people kind of being in here. Uh, I don't get me wrong. I mean, I guess this is, this is time where we, uh, the best companies are able to adapt versus uh, succumb. Yeah. And so this is, this is our, this is us kind of at that precipice. So yeah. hopefully yeah. We, da- we adapt. Yeah. I love how I love how concrete your goals are and like yeah there are things that a you can control right it's not like oh I want to have 50 million Facebook followers it's it's things (laughs) that are within your control yeah Um, I love how how specific they are were how did you go about thinking about those goals did you with what kind of process do you use uh the process I use (laughs) is being delusional for 15 years of my life and then finally not. <laughs> and so it makes goal writing a lot easier versus it's more or less just, I see what I absolutely can do. Mm-hmm. Um, where before it would have been, you know, shoot for the stars, which don't get me wrong. Fantastic way to go about things. Some people succeed wildly. I do not have that luxury anymore. I have to know that when I say, Hey, I'm going to work out every day. That's a lie. So I'm going to like, all right, so I'm going to try and do the best I can at this moment in time. If I start to eat a pack of cookies a day, it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, just try not to. And <laughs> yeah. very real about what I just said. This yeah. came from a real life thing that's happening. <laughs> um, and that's, and that goes with everything. Uh, it's from I, me learning how to live again. Mm-hmm. is being able to, to set goals like that. Um, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the answer to that question. I think. Yes. Yeah. No, I no, no. That. Yeah. I, I love that. I think it's like, 
for everyone, it's, it's so easy to be so hard on ourselves to say, oh, we need to do this by X. And mm-hmm. if we don't, then we feel like failures. And um, I, I think it's super important, like you said, to dream big and to have those visionary goals, but also to be realistic and and manage your own expectations in a way that you know you can you can achieve those things. So, meditation. Yeah. Oh my God. Meditation. I have to, I, I meditate and I'm able to formulate all those things. Yeah, there it is. And I haven't in a while, so my brain's in shambles. Uh, <laughs> but when I, when I meditate, which is a lot of times is like a quick version is in the shower is I can go through and say, Hey, this is what I can do today. And it turns out when, when I notice that when I say that to myself, there's actually a lot of crap I can do in a, in a day. And then, and then it starts to get overwhelming. I'm like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's take it easy. Let's, let's maybe play some uh, far cry instead. Um, which is what I'm doing right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, do you use a particular kind of meditation or is it, is it just like a thinking process? I started off with guided meditations, uh, like five minute guided that went up to like 15 minute guided. Uh, I graduated from that to graduate. I moved on from that to, uh, music for, for 15 to 20. And then, um, if I'm really feeling ambitious, I'll do like a 20 minute, nothing like no, like, mm-hmm. uh, which I do, uh, Apashana, I think is what it's called, is where you have uh, a saying that you uh, have. It's like a list of, not a list, but it's like a chant that's like 15 lines long. And your goal is to get through the entire thing without thinking of anything else besides that. Mm. And, and the second you think of something else, you have to start back at the beginning. So, Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't just let it go. <laughs> I mean, you, you, <laughs> you can, are letting like, it go by starting over. Yeah. And I mean, that's at starting off. That was, that was, that was brutal. It would take me all, all 30 minutes. And now I get like that. I can start off like that. Yeah. If I decide to do that, I haven't done it in a minute. Um, Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I do uh, guided 15 minutes. Cool. Do you use an app or like a YouTube video or something? I use YouTube. The honest guys have a bunch of ones that I use. And then on, and honestly, I, I type in meditation and kind of what I'm feeling like guidance, mindfulness, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings fantasy, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, uh, one of my favorites is probably the native American, um, tribal drums. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it is. Please send us a link to that one. You have my full attention. I want that meditation. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm wondering, so this is a slight departure. So we set goals. I'm wondering what, what would support look like for you in 2020? Um, is, is there a need for just fans, followers and, you know, likes and subscribes? Is there a need for funding? Like what, what does support look like? Uh, that is a multi-level question. So, um, the first, the first form of uh, broken helm would be fully self-supporting, LLC profiting on its own material. Uh, so for that would be absolutely um, followers, purchasers, um, and even bigger right now would be contributors, creators is what we call them here. Mm-hmm. Is any, anyone who wants to create uh, creators is, is probably our biggest need no matter what. Uh, if that does not pan out, uh, the second iteration is a, um, what is it called? A uh, nonprofit entity which would help fund the company to do mm-hmm. its own thing. 
and if not go full full bloody nonprofit, basically purely based on grants and stuff but mm-hmm. that in, requires me to relinquish control i don't have as much freedom i can't be as loosey-goosey like i am so mm-hmm. there are some caveats uh, also there's people i've been suggested for uh, b corp but answer your question is followers of course publicity of course and most importantly creators people who want to create and to do that's what i need more of anything i can't do anything else until i have people who are um, who are in need of equipment assistance and guidance um, so I can help them create and do yeah. stuff. Yeah. How do you go about finding these people besides, I mean, you said the guy outside of Whole Foods that was playing music, but do you, have you, you know, thought about strategies to find yeah. contributors and creators? Uh, so I wanted to have, and that was, that's a part of my answer to that is what I was saying earlier was having that established footprint already yeah. and then have a, part of the ad campaign that we were going to like kind of go full elbow deep into would half actually more than half of that would be geared towards creators. Mm -hmm. So, and even remotely, uh, I know that I have a ton of people in Arizona, Oregon and California that would, that are interested, but you know, there's not too much form right now unless they were here in place. Yeah. So, uh, we are we're going to uh, focus on Asheville um, in the surrounding area down the line. Yeah, cool. I think that's uh, that's a fair ask. My thought on um, yeah, my my thought is that it seems like there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you with a you know a a call it team of creators to create some sort of an echo chamber that you know self populates and. Uh, has some virality at some point at some breaking point and then also to to monetize uh, you know whether it's loosely through advertising ad placements or um or products my my gut says that when this thing starts to you know uh walk on its own right like get its own footing that products are going to be a really interesting angle for you yes yeah absolutely um T-shirts, yeah, for sure. Hats. Yeah, hats. hats, yeah, stickers, yeah, stickers, yeah. We, it's it's funny. Like, I was I was running through uh, how this was going to work audio wise, and yeah. I just got lost. But uh, yeah, no, we already have a relationship with um, Asheville Screen Printing, cool, and they've been awesome. So I don't know if you guys have talked to them, or I think I think we talked about this, uh, but um, yeah, they're great. Um, and we'll, we'll have actual product out, um, like merch. Um, and then ideally, you know, stuff to put sponsorship on. Yeah. You know, ultimately, which is where the, where people should be earning down the line. Yeah. Have, we're, we're so it's funny cause we're also thinking a lot about sponsorship right now. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of our big goals for this year. Um, wondering like, what are your thoughts on sponsorship and how are you, how are you thinking about what that's going to look like for you in the future. I think that's a really nebulous but interesting topic for a lot of podcasters out there. So for the podcast, that's a, all right, I'm brutal when it comes to to that. If somebody wants to sponsor a podcast and give us funding to, to help these guys support themselves, I'm down for whatever they want. 
I know that some people aren't cool with that, but I think it, I think it's hilarious to have um, inter- like rude interruptions in like <laughs> in the middle. I, <laughs> ad monsters or what? What do you call it? Yeah, the ad demon, which is ad usually demon. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I have no. I I love that idea of of just totally breaking into it. I mean, to the point, not to the point where it's it's comical but not to the point where it's disrespectful to the company that's sponsoring right yeah. you know um and there is a little bit of a line there but not too i don't think it's that thin you know you, you can um you can navigate that pretty well so, and, and the the alternative yeah. to me is like a hyper vanilla seems like it was written by the company uh seems like a lawyer reviewed it version of an ad that someone hits 15 minutes or 15 second fast forward yeah like I, so when sarah and i are thinking about like what ads are going to be like all my mind goes into is like, what's going to be something that someone won't skip past? What won't they skip past? And it's probably going to sound like a really, because we like, we're really bad at doing, we're not really bad, but we're not very great at doing our intros and outros and like, like trying to even like, even insert like our own ad for our own company, you know, it just, it's just, not great so we're like well we'll just do really bad ads you know yeah not disrespectful to the company but like just done do you like yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i see you sound like guys that would be that are great at it but uh like your your voice timbre sounds per, like perfect as in like like sounds like that perfect like um like a safe like a safe company that wants a safe safe read they'd be like hi would you enjoy? Well, I know yeah. it's this is this is killing you just hearing me say this, but uh, no, I love the idea of the organic ad read. You know, yeah. it's like struggling through it, and I think f- like just off the top of my head, what would be great for you guys would be yeah. you who are normally very poised and like well spoken and like, and I say well spoken, I mean like what you're you have beautiful flow to be like like. <laughs> And struggling through it would be would be absolutely beautiful. That's I would listen to that. Like I would specifically, I would I would fast forward to the ad. Be like I want to hear these two murder this yeah, for a minute. They're gonna use hard words, and Tony needs to try and read. And I never I never read in school. I would always hide. When, when I never read. Like, in school. Anyone anyone want to read this out loud? I would dive under the table to not get picked. Oh my god! I never got hooked on phonics. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love talking about thinking about that kind of stuff. And I, one of the things that we really enjoyed um, being on the no clue show yeah. uh, and just being in your studio was just seeing how creative you guys are and how like you plan for your episodes, but they don't seem super planned. Like they're non-traditional. Yeah. So I'm wondering like, how, how do you think about each of those episodes? What's, what's your creative process look like for planning uh, what you're going to say? So if you're familiar with uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah, and if you know about how Larry David goes about writing, mm-hmm. it's similar to how we do it. We basically have what is called a skeleton. It's bullet points for um, bullet points for the episode and it's, and it's broken down into segments and we come up with the segments literally the night before. It's, we don't want anything. We think about it all week. It's in our mind we'll, that we have a group a group chat where we where we where we throw ideas. We don't we don't shoot them down. We stoke them off if we if we're excited. We let them tangent as they go, and then the night before, we go through like all right. So what are our segments? And yeah. it really comes down to who is confident to put it forward, 
and that confidence is shows us what goes in, you know, cause people were like, ah, you know, we could, we're like, all right, that's not it. It's not yeah. it. But you know, someone says, Hey, I want to eat, I want to have canned bread uh, because I found some, we're going to have, we're going to make this guy eat some canned bread. We're like, okay, that sounds beautiful. Or canned bread. Have, we didn't, yeah. no one, no one in this, uh, in our episode ate canned bread. No, no, but we had another person eat canned bread. I had, we did taser trivia for mine, which oh, no. I, I, I've had a, um, I have two, insane well i guess three um irrational fears it's electricity leeches and and heights and uh basically they we rigged trivia there because there was no way i wasn't going to get tased and this was this was my idea too that's the worst part as it was my bloody idea to do this and they're like so there's like like, you're kind of smart nick uh where you might get these answers right and i'm like well then you got to ask an opinion yeah, and, and the opinion is going to be wrong. Exactly. That's so and uh, I can't remember what the opinion was. Yeah, it's like, like, it was, first, it was, like who was the first American president? Okay. Yeah. It's like, what is the, you know, like a 25th it's, letter of the alphabet? Yeah. Uh, um, was my eighth grade teacher good? Yeah. No, it was, well, who's your favorite director? <laughs> and uh, I, I think I said Cohen brothers, which I, it's, I don't, I don't think it is, but either way I, had, yeah. I got hit pretty bad. Oh goodness! Give me anxiety uh, right now, actually. Oh man! So uh, our segment was uh, was free from tasers and canned bread, but it was fun. And one of the things that you know, it was only uh, I feel like it was two weeks ago, two or three Thursdays yeah. ago. So it was like th- three weeks from when we recorded this. Yeah, recording this, and um, it it has left us thinking about mm, like what do we steal in our uh, podcast? We didn't return the favor and have any segments for you today, but it's definitely something that we're thinking about. Like, cause it, that hard transition into a, into a bit uh, was, we found like really fun and interesting and kept the conversation moving fast. Um, and our, like our model is allow the conversation to move. However it moves right now. And we mm-hmm. have a loose uh, we call it lily pads, not unlike uh, Larry David. We have we don't have as many segments, but uh, the sections are like, where are you now? What was your past? What's happening next? And then talk about community. And to that, perhaps we transition to a conversation about community. The original, I mean, our first podcast with JP, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is out there. Um, uh, what was the name of it? Oh, just for today. It was the it was the traditional it was it was the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. It was it was actually it was JP's hell to be honest, and it was still good. JP still enjoyed doing it, but it was like for like hey, well, dream wise, what would you do? And he was like, and he was like, well, the exact opposite of that. It was the um, no set subjects, not really set questions, just kind of let's feel how it goes for an hour to two hours. Yeah, you know, and then he said. And this, when he, when the one guy left and he's like, you know, this is my show now. And I'm like, do you even want to do the same thing? He's like, absolutely not. I don't even want to be called the same. I want, I don't want to be associated with it whatsoever, except for the fact that I'm in it and it's on the internet now. Cool. Um, he's, he said, I want to be 45 minutes, segments, scripted, non-scripted uh, parts and, uh, you know, quick, fast, yeah. uh, heavily, heavily structured. And which was the, which is actually actually like the opposite of a lot of podcasts yeah and and it works and it does and and one of the things i'll say is that the one of the 
original podcast that blew up podcasting as a medium for like uh, it, it, for for a bunch of different reasons was this podcast still I think exists called Entrepreneur on Fire, um, and the guy John Lee Dumas like this was probably almost ten years ago at this point it was two no six years ago two thousand fourteen two thousand twelve uh, and he went. At the time, like people were putting on podcasts monthly, maybe weekly. Like it was almost unheard of to have a weekly podcast. And he did a interview podcast where he interviewed and published a podcast every single day. And that was bananas. No one had even thought to do that yet. And so he batched all of his episodes. He recorded seven or 10 in a day. They had like six to 10 or whatever it was, 10, 12 questions. Uh, he didn't even like, this is past where you guys went, but like he didn't even listen to the responses. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was just like, was like right, ready, go. You know, like tell us about a time, you know, tell us about a time when you had a really hard day in work and how you overcame it. And people would say something. He's like, now tell me about a time when you had a really like, and, and so he had this structure. But the cool thing was that you knew exactly what you were going to get when you listen to Entrepreneur on Fire. And if you liked it, you liked it. Uh, and if you were going to be a guest on Entrepreneur on Fire, you knew exactly what you were going into. And if you were into that, you're into it. And his audience just exploded because it was bite-sized. It was digestible. And then like years later, you have Joe Rogan doing three-hour, four-hour episodes a day, also putting content out at this insane level and with insane volume, but it's just fundamentally different. But um, I'm into your concept of, segments punchy keep it fast um and i think that your audience will be too yeah it's it wasn't um it wasn't a. this is it i don't know it wasn't born out of a uh what what's the bad r word for um doesn't matter anyways uh it wasn't born out of resentment it was more or less just like hey why not that's it and that that hey why not went from, Hey, let's do 45 minutes to Hey, let's make segments. Hey, let's make it more structured. Hey, let's script in some, some ridiculous stuff. Uh, and that, and that's, it wasn't, um, wow, this is what's wrong with podcast. Yeah. It was, um, cause a, a lot of, I, yeah. cause you could, I could definitely could see it that way though. Cause it really is the exact opposite, um, of, uh, of a lot of that, uh, structure, but it was, I, I think it's JP has a, I don't know his, his his mind is is stuck, not stuck, but centered in a lot of like older media, and it's so beautiful to see how it works. Like I love the fact that he gets these ideas that are born from like late '80s, early '90s stuff. That it's like it's so ingrained and so pure, and um, you know, just like a little bit socially inappropriate, you know, like, <laughs> and it just it just it borders on. Um, thank you. Perfect uh on i mean i don't know i don't know it's we're talking about is it's like it's like childlike yeah but like in the best way yeah we completely agree he's he's uh he's a he's a sweetie we're big fans (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, everyone's fans of jp and that's why i like i I usually have him with me to translate how i like what i'm trying to say And also to be the face, because like they're like, dude, that guy's scary looking. He has Jeffrey Palmer glasses. JP's bubbly with red pink hair. You know, like. So this is the first time I've seen you without uh, what I would have called the you know Brad Pitt Fight Club vibe. 
normally I see you very floral, like yeah. doing the thing. Yeah, no, I, uh, this is, this is me in the studio. Uh, I thought, I thought about that. Um, that's my, that's my going out attire. This is, this is what I look like if you work with me. Is no, no sleeves, Dahmer glasses, uh, probably, probably need deodorant. Um, <laughs> People were going behind the scenes, yeah, no, truly. Yeah. Uh, Taylor's the, shaking his head yes. <laughs> oh, one, one of the things... Um, you didn't start it, by the way. Oh, so we're, we're going to... This is another uh, ad spot for our YouTube channel. Uh, you will get to see the amazing video That's that uh, Nick is shooting in his studio. Uh, we have two yeah. cameras being uh, simultaneously recorded from uh, the Broken Helm Studios in Asheville, yeah. North Carolina. The other thing that we might be able to get if we ask nicely is for some pretty neat B-roll of the space. Up to you, Nick, but uh, we would love to potentially show our YouTube channel what's going on inside of your studio because it is pretty neat. And if you are at all geary, uh, you'll geek out. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Cool. I got some, I got some plans for it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him like scheming already. Yeah. I love it. So let's let's transition a little bit into the what we call the community aspect of the podcast. Um, just talking a little bit about Asheville and what impact perhaps it's had on you. Um, how long have you lived in Asheville? Uh, a year now. A year in a oh crap. Uh, a year. Yeah. Oh wow. Like, de- like dead on a year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're like the same amount of time, just about as we are. We're coming up yep. on our one year anniversary in yep. May. Yeah. Wow. What What brought you to Asheville? Family and the fact that we had another kid. So family. Yeah, we had family here that uh, has have been here for a while, and. Uh, Emmy came into the world and we were like, wow, the first one was pretty not easy to take care of. We want, we would like people to lean on. <laughs> and so we have, uh, so we moved here and Asheville was, was considered to be like the East coast version of Bend, Oregon, hmm. which I, I can say is, yeah. Uh, I, it's, I, I mean, I don't know. Asheville's Asheville. Asheville's is its own thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we are, we are huge fans. I don't think we could live anywhere else on the East Coast besides, like, I don't know, one of the keys alone. Yeah. Like Florida yeah. Keys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I mean, I don't know anything about Bend, Oregon, but it sounds nice if you're saying that Asheville is it of the East. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering when, when you moved here, like, where – so you're clearly building a community through your uh, business, Broken Helm. But wh- like, how have you, what have you come to love the most? What places do you find yourself going to when you were able to go to places? Um, like <laughs> was, what, what did Asheville look like for you for the last year? Uh, between the kids and building this, I, I barely go outside of the basement. Like I mm-hmm. might as well, like my company might as well be like an Antarctica. Like it doesn't really like my house, but um. I've, we've, uh, hiking, it's been pretty huge. Uh, the down, being, the downtown scene food wise has been pretty, pretty spot on and recovery wise, Asheville is pretty awesome. Like it's pretty huge. 
Yeah. Uh, there's lots of 12 step stuff and we have like three rehabs. There's one down the street from us, I think. Yeah. There's like mm-hmm. three rehabs, which if anyone knows like basically if there is a rehab in your town, that's huge. Cause usually there isn't, um, uh, usually a lot, a lot of people have to drive to go to IOP or to be able to go into a facility that's local is, um, I think it's a privilege for some people that it's people overlook a lot. Um, but yeah, Asheville's pretty chill. That, that was a question you asked me, right? <laughs> yeah, more or less. Is Asheville okay. chill? And you said yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and my, uh, my brain stops working after like 10 seconds. <laughs> so I have to go back onto what I was saying 10 seconds ago. And then, and then hopefully it's, it's still moving like, along properly. <laughs> We call that the, the Dory effect. You get yeah. so far, you're like, Hi, I'm Dory. <laughs> nice oh to meet God. you. Yeah. Um, cool. So, I mean, uh, you've been head down, you go hiking, you have uh, children and a recovery community. Um, yeah. That, wow. I'm is there, summed up. Yeah. Is there any... Is there anyone in the community, any like places in the community that you want to give like a little shout out to uh, creators, collaborators, something like that? Uh, they're, they all work with me. <laughs> uh, I would say people that I think that were like awesome to work with was Asheville Screen Printing. Mm-hmm. They were they were just like super awesome, like open about I mean, they dealt with me where I came in and I was like, sort of like tell them how to do their job. And they're like, listen, settle down. Fuck rude. <laughs> like, uh, this is our show. And then it was cool. They were confident to be like that. And we, we collaborated pretty, pretty well. Uh, community, like my community, I'm not, I'm not like supposed to promote it. So, yeah. um, yeah, oh, those are the only guys I've like interacted with business wise. Um, right. you guys, there's, and um Tuple of Honey's pretty chill and so is Rhubarb. Like <laughs> I like I like Rhubarb a lot. Uh Asheville shout out wise that's like we I went there and it was like I don't know, breath of fresh air. Like I was like working for months straight and I got to enjoy someone else's vision, which was nice. So I could say it's definitely a shout out to Rhubarb. Yeah, right on. Yeah. We love uh, the whole rhubarb, rue, Benny trifecta that yeah. John Fleer has built. It's definitely something really special. Um, yeah. Question that we always ask, and this is kind of a pivot again, but uh, if we had a magic wand or someone in our audience had a magic wand, what one thing would you ask for help with? Help with, I would say um, branding. Like, uh, like implementing uh, concise branding, you know, like like an all-encompassing type of thing, where knowing what exactly we have, how to translate that, and how to, how to make sure that comes across um, most viable for someone to consume, but without it getting watered down, changed, manipulated to the point where the artist wants to walk away from it, mm-hmm. but to the but that has to happen to some degree. You know, I I would love to say that directors, writers, and creators have the best vision for their art, but a a lot of times that isn't the most easily consumable item. You know, it's like, there's a reason why Lars von Trier is, is one of my favorite directors, but he's not very successful. 
Um, you know, and it's, and I think that has a lot to do with, um, proper branding and, um, and I am not good at it and I would love more help with that. Cool. You are, uh, in good hands. I think our community will likely reach out. We will connect you with a bunch of people, uh, who could maybe even us, who's to say who could be of use. So thank you for your answer to that question, Sarah, where, where do you think any other last minute questions before we find out where you live on the internet? I don't think so. Cool. That was great. Uh, Mr. Dodson, the captain at the broken helm. (laughs) El Capitan. Uh, El Capitan. Can you please uh, uh, remind us and tell our audience where to find you on the World Wide Web? Oh, Facebook. We are Broken Helm XXX. Sorry, Broken Helm was taken, so apparently we're porn. Um, At Twitter, we are at Broken Helm. Broken underscore Helm. Or no, Broken Helm. Uh, Instagram, we are at Broken underscore Helm. Uh, Email. You can email me at... uh, I'll just do the one, which is easy. Nick D as in Dodson at brokenhelm.com. And is that everything? Sounds good to us. We'll, we'll link to anything else that you want to add uh, in the show notes page on this episode. Yeah, that's it. I think. Cool. Yep. Oh, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, uh, hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the, the broken helm YouTube channel, we like yeah. subscribe and uh, engage with your posts and we thank you for having us into your unbelievable studio just a couple weeks ago and we were glad to uh have you digitally in our home today Uh, and and thank you for the time very much absolutely wishing you well from afar (laughs) and that was episode 50 55 zero of the making it a natural podcast uh, with Nick Dotson of Broken Helm. And just, I mean, this season is going to be very different than any of the past seasons. We are all in now on video and virtual, and we didn't say that at the beginning of the episode, but uh, if you are listening to the podcast, thank you. Just know that we also have a YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Uh, the two things that we will ask, no matter where you are that you do, is please Uh, let us know if you enjoy the podcast. The way that you would do that, if you're a podcast listener, is going to Apple Podcasts. We have links to that in the the description of every episode. A five-star review, a quick comment, means the world. It helps these episodes be seen by others who are searching for things to listen to. Uh, If you're on YouTube, a like, a subscribe. uh, It helps with things like the algorithm. All that to say... Uh, the number one ask is that you join our email list at makingitinashville.com or visit makingitinashville.com forward slash subscribe. And we have a very easy way for you to connect with us on all of the different channels. Definitely. And uh, another reminder that if you want to learn more about anything we talked about in this episode, you want to learn more about Nick himself or things that he mentioned, we have all of that listed on our show notes page at makingitinashville.com forward slash zero five zero. Uh, you can find everything there that was mentioned in the episode, as well as links out to other helpful resources. And now our second spot for this season's sponsor, Range Urgent Care, found on Merriman Avenue in Asheville. So we had 
a lot of ideas as to what a sponsor might look like for the podcast. Um, we could do things with affiliate links. We could do things with uh, Squarespace, right? But it didn't seem to resonate. What we wanted in a dream state would be a local business that's doing something remarkable that any listener, no matter who they are, could benefit from. And we, I, I think that range is an incredible fit knowing the climate that we're in right now with uh, the coronavirus here, um, knowing that you can do things like get a virtual visit, that you can prepay for them, that they can cost as little as $30 a month, um, is something that I support. I support the business strategy. Uh, Matt, who I've talked to now a number of times to kind of get this thing done, is the best. (laughs) And so, like, I am just so excited about this. Um, I am a full kind of year subscription uh, user Sarah is going to, uh, she is a little less risky. And so she's going to go, uh, one trip at a time with range, but I am, I'm so excited. And I hope that you listener, uh, either a visit making it nashville.com forward slash range to get some more information about them. Um, or B when, and if the situation arises where you need some urgent care, you go to range and you let them know that we sent you. Yeah, please do. Um, Again, sponsorship helps keep this podcast alive and helps keep it free for all of you. So thank you for listening. um, And thank you to Range for supporting this podcast. Uh, Next up, we want to take a reminder just to to, whoa, whoa. Okay. We just want to remind you (laughs) that uh, Making International has a lot of events and we don't have anything on the calendar right at this moment, but we are planning to do another Monday Maker Mixer, which is our social networking event at the end of April. It will be online again. Mm -hmm. We did this in March and it was fantastic. We had a a small intimate group of about eight different people and we hung out on Google Hangouts. And we shared some things that I think were really, really meaningful and helped make really strong connections. Yeah. So we're going to be doing something similar again at the end of April. We're going to change up the format a little bit. We might have some like little individual breakout rooms breakout where you can talk groups. to people um, individually. So if you want to learn more about that event, please go to makingitinational.com forward slash events or just head to our page, click the events button. Um, you'll see everything there. Our newsletter subscribers are the first to hear about these events. And so they're the first to get dibs on uh, RSVPing. And we, we do have a limited amount of people that we allow in each event because we like to keep things intimate. So if you're not subscribed and you want to attend the next event, we highly recommend that you subscribe. Other events, we got some other things in the works. We're not going to tell you right now. But again, if you get on our newsletter list, you'll yeah. be the first to hear the, about it. The I will spoil a little bit because I'm very excited about it, Sarah. So please don't be upset. But we are working on some courses and some products that would seem to lend themselves more towards making it creative, uh, which is just outside of the scope of work in making it in Asheville. And uh, those projects, those courses, those uh, concepts, as they're in their very uh, young infancy, are going to get worked out with the email list at making it in Asheville. And so if there are things like digital marketing or online sales or email marketing to get sales, uh, if concepts even remotely close to that are interesting to you, that would be another reason to join our making it in Asheville email list. Um, you're welcome to also just reach out to us directly and say, Hey, I have this problem or this opportunity and this thing that I'm thinking about. Uh, is there anything that's an overlap between what you guys like to do and what, what I'm in need of? We would love to talk to you about it. And that 
Okay, a couple more things. One is that Tony and I have a marketing business. It's called oh. Making It Creative. We just want to remind you yeah, that if if you need any, I don't know, just help. Um, we're ha- glad to have like a free consultation with you. Or if you want to learn more about what we do, um, please reach out. You can learn more about it at makingitcreative.com. And then the very last thing, I think, unless Tony and no, has something right. else to I, add. I honestly, I forgot <laughs> to mention Making It Creative because I just... We're, we're in this now like real advertisements <laughs> world. Uh, yeah. So if you didn't know that, thank you for reminding or uh, letting our audience know, Sarah. Yeah. And so the very last thing is yep. that um, we are always looking for guest nominations mm-hmm. to have on the podcast. So if you or you know a business um, that you think would be a great to have on the podcast that we haven't interviewed yet, please let us know. Um, we have a really nifty form on our website that you can fill out. It's at makingitinashville.com forward slash podcast, and you can nominate a guest there. Ladies and gentlemen, Whew. that was 55-0 total episodes. 50, it sounds like doing 55. 55-0. Oh, well, I'm not trying. 50 or 50. Fi- yeah, well, 50 because 50 sometimes sounds like 15, and that's not the case. That was 35 episodes ago. So we are at no. five zero fifty episodes in, and it has okay, been an absolute blast. Do you blast. remember the uh, the 50 nifty? nifty. <laughs> For sure. 50 nifty episodes oh my so. goodness so <laughs> okay so We're thank you go. for making it this far into episode 50 um we are honestly humbled and amazed and thankful that you listen and that this podcast is growing and that um you know range is taking a chance to be a sponsor with us and that you uh have given us your attention and it's just, it's all feels like a privilege. You get to meet people like Nick and learn the work that they're doing. Matt at Range, um, it's a privilege. We're, we're thankful and we look forward to the next 50. All right. See you next week. High five. All right. Sarah, we did it. Episode. Ooh.